Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello! Hello! Uh, welcome to the first proper episode, first proper episode of, of Ladies, Ladies Who London, London Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Hi Emily, nice to see you. <laughs> Lovely to see you Alex. Um, thank you everybody who's tuning in for our, well I suppose it's our second episode, but our, our, first, second episode. our first uh, kind of official one I guess. Official podcast. Um, thank you so much. If you listened last time you'll know that we are Blue Badge Guides in London. We are. We are doing this little podcast to bring a bit of what we've been doing so far kind of entertaining everyone with history to uh, your ears. Exactly, and we do hope you enjoy it. And if you heard our introduction last week, you'll know that we span the wheel. We did, we did. Um, and upon the wheel, all sorts of different place names of London. And where did it land, Alex? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it landed in Covent Garden. It did land in Covent Garden. <laughs> you gave uh, my voice as brilliant. <laughs> and as this week is your turn to uh, talk about a particular subject, yes. a theme... You chose something in Covent Garden, which was... Uh, well, I went for the London beer flood. You did. Which is something that not that many people ever really know about. No, to be honest, I, I have I had never heard of the London beer flood before. No. Um, but since you chose that, I have done a little bit of research. And I have to say, it is absolutely bonkers. It is. It's mad. And I love it for that. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's so much we can do. And we will we'll do all the obvious stuff in Covent Garden at some point but I think yes. let's start with something slightly unusual yeah no I'm excited but um, it's also quite there's it's quite sad as well well is it do you know what it is and I've always sort of thought of it as a fairly light-hearted ho ho beer floods uh, but actually you know that people did die and it is a little bit sad in that respect so we're gonna try and do light history as yeah. we said um <laughs> not gonna go in too deep but there will be death and <laughs> destruction death. <laughs> and misery go with it it's fine so um for the London beer flood, uh, cast your mind back, if you will, mm. uh, just over 200 years to 1814. Gosh. That's it. You remember it well. Oh, I do. <laughs> uh, so that is the year that we're going back to. Um, and it's a particular day, 17th of October in mm-hmm. 1814. Okay. We've always said it's around Covent Garden. And if you have been to London at all, whether you're a local, whether you have visited, you will almost certainly have been to Covent Garden. And I'm being a bit cheeky because it's kind of on the edge of Covent Garden, this mm. one. Um, but it is at Tottenham Court Road, which is, if you look at the kind of map of Covent Garden, it's sort of the top left-hand corner mm. of the area that would be known as exactly. that. It just spills over, doesn't it? just yes. spills over to Tottenham Court Road. Yes, it does. And the particular where we're looking is um, a spot at the corner of Great Russell Street and Tottenham Court Road. Great Russell Street leads us to... The BM, <laughs> the, the British Museum. Yeah. Yeah. Mummies for days. <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic museum. Free as well, hurrah. Yeah, hurrah. But that's where we're going to be. Um, at a brewery, which does not exist anymore. Mm. Um, a brewery which... Uh, so I, I, I speak French and the name of the brewery is French. And it annoys me because... They didn't pronounce it the French way. So oh, if you God. are... I know, I know it's all going to go wrong. So if you're pronouncing it French, you would say mou, because it's M-E-A-U-X. Mou. Close enough. Mou. 
But the way that they pronounced it back then, which really annoys me, is mukes. Mukes. So I'm just going to have to get over that. Yeah, just get over it, Alex. <laughs> get, get over, over it. it now. It's not going to happen any other way. So the Mukes Brewery, in particular their Horseshoe Brewery, is the one that we're looking at. Okay. Um, now, just uh, what I want to do before we get into the uh, specifics of what actually happened, I want to put into context the area. So we're in Tot- Tottenham Court Road, the edge of Soho, edge of Covent Garden... So that area was very, very different back in the 1800s, wasn't it? It was. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, today the area is a really energetic area. It's quite an expensive area as well. Mm -hmm. It's where you can find theatres and shops. You don't have that many houses. No, it's not very residential. No, it's not very residential. But in the 1800s, it was packed with people and people lived in such a a small, small area. Um, it would have been very claustrophobic. You had lots of people living in just one house. Bad it would have sanit- been really unpleasant. It would have been really unpleasant. Yeah. Um, bad sanitation. Yeah, it would have been awful. Yeah, it was very high population. And it was basically slums, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and there was a particular name for the slums. Uh, th- this area is known as St Giles. And the it's, it's known really as the St Giles Rookery. And Rookery is very simply because it was as if you had kind of birds all kind of perched on a well on a perch together um so all these sort of little rooks crammed in together and and there's this great quote which says uh that they congregate cheek by jowl in unwholesome rookeries chosen for cheapness and convenience oh god doesn't sound great does it no it doesn't you can imagine all those people in one building sharing because i guess back then you'd have the toilet outside as well yes if if you even really had a toilet it'd be it'd be you know um chamber pot or a bucket or something really yeah. so you're not going to have any suffocating bad sanitation one family per room I mean it's really unpleasant mm, really dark so of course if you think about it in that context what that means is that anytime you're going to get anything happening like disease mm. or an accident or anything it's going to be affecting a lot of people yeah and there's going to be an awful lot of businesses homes all sorts that are going to come under the whatever the impact is of whatever's going on definitely so that's where we're going to go we're going to go to that area busy noisy smelly and in particular you have this brewery and we know that breweries don't always smell the best do they they've got the hops no exactly because you'd think oh i'd love to go to a brewery yes have a good sniff but actually no it'd probably be quite awful yeah when they're sort of you know doing all the hops and everything it's there is a brewery in west london and you can smell the hops on a certain you know Mm. on certain days when they're brewing and it's it's not the nicest of smells no it doesn't smell like blueberries or (laughs) it's not a a fragrant perfume no um so you know this area is going to be pretty pretty unpleasant really it's not Mm. going to be an area that's nice to live in and what happens is one afternoon uh 17th of october 1814 uh these this brewery was was huge it had all of these different huge massive vats for for basically fermenting and then letting the beer rest and the vats look like massive versions of a barrel and a beer barrel i mean how would you kind of imagine a beer barrel to look it's well beer beer barrels in the round it's made out of wood and one of the big things about beer barrels to keep the wood together is you have these metal rings that go around the outside as well Mm -hmm. so if you imagine this but on an absolutely enormous scale uh, so these massive vats some of them were holding two, three, four thousand barrels worth of beer in one vat. Wow, that is insane. And there's loads of, of vats there. So there's a huge amount of beer uh, on side. So, when, you know, when we're saying beer flood, we mean a flood. We don't yeah. mean a little trickle of beer. We mean So would you say kind of like a like a swimming pool? 
I mean, more. More than a swimming more pool? More than a swimming pool. Wow, okay. I mean, it was like a tidal wave of beer. Yeah. Because what happened is one of these uh, vats, the, the metal ring broke. Now, apparently, this did happen. This is something that could happen. It wasn't uh, something that when that happened, it would be the, the disastrous because there'd be other rings holding it. And mm-hmm. so the... The chap who was on site there, the foreman, he saw that it broken and he kind of was like, right, we need to get that fixed. And he logged it. But something happened then that uh, obviously had never happened before. And there was hot fermenting ale in these vats. <gasps> and so all of this, uh, when the hot, when the ring breaks on this vat, yeah. the vat actually bursts. Not immediately, <gasps> a little bit later. And the vat bursts and it basically is such force. If you think you've got thousands of barrels of beer in this one vat, yeah. just this one vat, yeah. the beer all rushed out, it collapsed the back wall of the brewery. Oh. And it then also um, set off a kind of chain reaction of other vats. So it knocked the little sort of tap thing out of okay. one of them. Um, this hot, you know, this, this hot ale is sort of then having a chain reaction in other vats, which are then bursting open. And this basically a 15 foot high wave of beer floods down into the area of New Street, George Street and a whole variety of others in Wait, this area. Wait, we just go back for a second? Sure. 15 foot wave yes. of beer. Yes. This is ridiculous. I know. Like how it's a good like, night out. There must have been so much pressure, so much strength within the water for yes. it to, number one, burst through the back wall of the brewery. Yeah. But then to create this 15 foot... I mean, yeah. what would be your reaction, Alex, if that was coming towards you? Um, I, I'd probably run. God, I probably run, but it didn't only destroy the brewery; it destroyed a couple of houses as well. So this, oh. you know, there's a huge amount. and there is a great quote. So we'll we'll get on to the court case later. Um, but there was a chap who was, I believe, he was the only eyewitness report of it. He was an American chap who had been uh, decided to take a shortcut down the streets at the worst time, and he said, um, because he kind of got hit with this wave, he said, "All at once, I found myself borne onward with great velocity, oh God, by a torrent which burst upon me so suddenly as almost to deprive me of breath." A as of falling buildings at a distance and suffocating fumes were in my ears and nostrils. And he was rescued by the people around him, but not everybody was. And one, so what happened is this flood comes into this rookery area, which is packed full of people Mm -hmm. in houses that are not uh, the best. They're not the most structurally sound. They, they're, you know, we've talked about how we have loads of families in one room. These houses are not prime location tenancy houses they're not ones that people you know your landlords no. are going to be keeping up and they're not going to be able to cope with a 15 foot no. wave of beer they are not and in fact um, there's one house where uh, well i think it was two houses not side by side which collapsed and one of them a mother and her daughter were t- um, taking tea they were <gasps> killed um, what i know there's suddenly death <laughs> It's like more alcoholic way like, than you might think from a tea. just suddenly like just dropped in yes. there, Alex. Like, I know. Wait, I'm sorry. Hang, so there was a mother and a daughter, yes. and they're having tea. Pass the sugar, dead. I mean, oh my god! And they're suddenly like, "Gosh, what's? Is it yeah. raining outside, dear? Oh my oh, god! No. It's beer. Wow. Game and over. Hot, sticky, smelly. Yeah. And and a lot of it. Yeah. God. So they just drowned. Well, I. See, this is the thing. There are not that many news reports about what the kind of the specifications of what happened to people. Okay. So whether they drowned or whether no, well, their home collapsed, so it's probably likely that they were crushed or killed in that respect. God, theory, isn't this it? is so <laughs> awful. I know. Um, there was an uh, in the home next door to that one. There was a wake taking place for a two-year-old boy who just died. What? And that that house collapsed as well. Wait, there was. Hang on, a two-year-old had died. Yes. There was a wake. Yes. And then the people... And the house collapsed. And the house collapsed. So the people at the wake, they also died? Whether they all died or not, I don't know. But yes, some of them did. 
God. I know. It's quite full on, isn't it? But the... So in, in total, from what I've managed to find out, there were eight people killed. Well, there oh. is one more that dies later, which we'll come to. That's more than... Well, I mean, they say the Great Fire of London, like a handful of people died, didn't they? They do. Whether or not that's true. Whether or not that's we'll true. We'll discuss but on another still, episode. beer flood. Yeah, I know. Um, so eight people are killed. Uh, it takes out a pub as well. The barmaid's killed. Three brewery workers are rescued and they're pulled alive from the rubble. I don't think anyone actually dies from that one. Okay. Um, but you've then got this area, which is very poor. People who can't afford food, basic necessities, covered in beer. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, I'd have a shower, but what would you do? <laughs> it's very good for the hair, I understand. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. this is a... I mean, I did read something about people kind of getting quite excited, Alex. You know, yeah. suddenly there's this this flood of beer. Yes. And people love the taste of alcohol, love the taste of beer. And not only that, but it's free. It's free. So and Brits love a bargain. They do. We they love free do. stuff. Oh, my God. You know, even if you don't like it, it's, it's free. free. Take, Take it, it, eat it, drink it. Um, so what did they do? Uh, well, now, th- again, this is where it's a bit odd because the newspaper reports are not the clearest and we don't know for definite if this happened, but reports are from sort of people that were there that people were basically going out and scooping up all the free bit. God, what we've? Oh, anything. Anything they could get their hands on. Some were just drinking it. Some were just straight up just drinking like, it. Just <laughs> like, straight out like, Great night out. head down in the pavement. Yeah, just... why not? Absolutely. Get the straw out. <laughs> All right, John, um, want to join me? <laughs> free beer, mate. Free beer. Um, but some of uh, people were kind of going out with containers and scooping it up oh and all that God. kind of thing. Now, there is a story that... So I mentioned that eight people died and one more later. And there is a story that this ninth person died from alcohol poisoning. Oh. I mean, how much did he have? Well, I mean, 15 foot... God, but then also, I guess the question is, I wonder how high the alcohol content must have been. But I guess pretty high if he died from alcohol poisoning. Well, I mean, I suppose you drink enough of it. And, you know, such is is the British nature. I mean, we like a drink. Yes, And we we like free stuff. Yes, but that's taking it one step (laughs) too far, isn't it, You mean you wouldn't drink yourself to death on free beer in the street? Well, I mean, if it was like a, you know, if... You're telling me you have morals. If there was a vat of espresso martini (laughs) that exploded in front of me whilst I'm walking down the street in London, then I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So one of the things is there might be a little bit of apocryphal nature to that. Um, Oh, there is a story as well that... um, some of the people who lived in the slums, you know, they didn't have money and apparently they were laying out the bodies of the victims from their families who died in it and getting people to come and pay to see the victims of the beer <gasps> flood. Um, and there is then another story that one of these houses, they invited so many people in that the floor gave way and they all plummeted into the <gasps> beer filled basement Oh my God, this is like below. a domino effect of <laughs> it really is. destruction. And none of that ever appears in newspaper reports. Ah, so okay. whether or not it's true, whether it's apocryphal, we don't know. I mean, there's probably there was probably stuff that went on that the newspaper wouldn't have reported on. Because wow. you know, this is also a, a slum area. These people aren't used to talking to the press and this, that and the other. But that this is the story. There is another story which I think is is probably completely rubbish, which is that when the people who were involved in it, so the brewery workers and all, you know, anyone who's being transported to hospital who had survived, that there was a riot at the, at the Middlesex Hospital because people were coming in um or all the other people in there were smelling this beer on them and thinking there was free beer going yeah i think that's probably rubbish and again there's no evidence for that but i i would be I'd, you know i bet my my life that there, there was definitely some sort of you know scooping up of things and god kind of I, I can imagine especially initially but i guess it wouldn't take too long for the beer to kind of level out and go down the streets 
Well, you think that, but I mean, it's an awful lot of beer that's that's gone mm. down the street. So it would, you know, there would have been houses that would have been flooded, basements that would have been flooded and all that sort of thing. So Gosh. the streets might have dissipated fairly quickly, but I think, you know, there would have been a lot in the buildings as well. So if you found out there was a street down the road that had been flooded with alcohol, you know... Pop round for the evening. Pop round. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, it actually could have been worse. Okay. Believe it or not. Um, so the vat that broke was one of the smaller ones. Wow. They had 70 or so at the brewery. And it was 15 one of the... foot wave. That was one of the smallest. Well, plus the other ones that it set off. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Um, so it had that ba- that vat had just under three and a half thousand gallons, uh, sorry, barrels of beer. Um, the largest one held apparently 18,000 barrels. <gasps> And it also could have been worse because if it had been an hour later, you would have had all the workers coming home. Mm. There would have been, uh, because it was, I think, just sort of end of the afternoon. So people are still working till about six or so. If it had been an hour later, you'd have had all of the workers coming home as well. Mm. So death count probably would have been a lot higher. Do you know, um, you know, what, what the beer would have tasted like back in the 1800s compared to... What I'm going to do now is at this point, I'm going to bring in uh, our lovely colleague David Milden because he knows a thing or two about beer. Uh, He's also a fellow Blue Badge guide. And whereas we will get a little bit confused as to how beer was back in the day, um, let's just ask David. So David, what... uh, So... we, we, I don't know if we've discussed yet what type of beer it was, but we think it was probably a porter. Didn't yes, we? Um, I'm, I'm very flattered to be uh, to, to know a lot about beer. Mostly, I've drunk a lot of beer, uh, but yes, the... that qualifies you. That's fine. well, exactly. Well, we didn't, um, we don't know uh, about all of the beer that, that went out, but the first vat to go was, uh, we believe, the porter vat, and porter is uh, a London beer uh, developed in the 18th century. Um, uh, we think in Shoreditch, and because you use a darker malt, uh, it's got very uh, sort of rich, nutty, and chocolatey and coffee flavours. Um, our best guess um, is that the strength of a porter in those days would have been, I've heard, as low as sort of six and a half percent up to seven. seven Ooh, so it's got a bit of a kick to it, then. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a lot stronger than a standard uh, tap beer would be today. Although that's creeping up with the micro brews, and it's a it's a beer that basically sort of ceased to exist from early 20th century and um, the fashion went other places of course uh one of the most famous beers in the world uh, guinness started out as mm. a stout porter it's just a strong porter uh, and, and a very very dark uh, color of porter but they range from sort of uh, mid brown to, to to almost jet black uh, but it's been a real sort of Lazarus-like uh, return from the porter because uh, it's fantastic for beer matching and flavours because it goes beautifully with all sorts of things like cheese and so on and so forth. So in, with the craft beer revolution, lots of craft brewers can really make uh, a statement with porter. So it's something that you used not to see and now it's actually very popular. It's quite a rustic beer, isn't it? It's quite, it's pretty heavy. Yes, yeah, it's a heavy flavour, lots of flavours. Um, it's, it's, it's not something you sip in the sun on a, on a terrace. No, uh, so a wall of, a 15 foot wall of beer coming towards you. Of two and a half million pints. I'd brace myself and open wide. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, David, to explain no worries, what it would have been like. So there we go. All of your beer questions answered. So even that chap, if he did die from alcohol poisoning, he worked hard for that. He did. He put the effort in. Gosh. <laughs> Now, this obviously went to the court. Um, there was, well, firstly, there was a coroner's inquest, okay. which was held the Thursday of that same week. So remember, this happened on the Monday, and on Thursday, the uh, coroner's inquest, and it was held at St. Giles Workhouse, and this was on the, the people that had been killed. Um, so this is where we had our eyewitness chap, the American chap, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And then the, so 
if you remember the chap that I mentioned who worked at the brewery, mm. uh, it was a chap called George Crick, and he gave the testimony at the uh, coroner's inquest, and his brother had actually been involved in it. So he had seen, George had seen the vat explode, um, and then his brother was essentially knocked unconscious, and he was amazingly dragged out. He was one of those three brewery workers that was rescued and taken to hospital. He was fine. Um, but what George said is that when he did go and have a look at the building, the back wall of the brewery, um, he said that one entire side of the brew house, uh, upwards of 25 feet in height and two and a half bricks thick, had been destroyed, had wow. just gone. So how long was it from George seeing that the ring had broken to the time that the the vat had exploded? Uh, it was about half an hour. Gosh. Um, so like I said, you know, he wasn't expecting it to be an issue. And what he'd done is when the ring had broken, he'd gone off to write a letter to uh, the, the vat builder, the chap mm. who would look after it. And apparently he came back after half an hour, he came back and he was walking past the vat with the letter in his hand when the vat exploded. So he actually saw it happen. Wow. So yeah. do you think that he would have had time to resolve the problem? Probably not. I mean, no. 30 minutes. God. No, but that's the thing. He didn't think there'd be any problem at all. Mm. Because that had I mean, never been a problem before. Do? Well, nothing apart from right to the vat chap and yeah. get him to come and fix it. You would never expect that that would be an issue. No. So what happened at the inquest? Well, at the inquest, um, essentially it was said that everybody had died by accident, by just, you know, one of those things, essentially. Mm. And we had a few other people who gave uh, testimony. So there was a chap called Richard Hawes who lived on Great Russell Street. Mm-hmm. Um, his, he's in the tap room. And basically the back part of his house just is completely destroyed. Everything in his cellar is is wiped out. And this is the pub in which we have uh, one of the deaths. So it's a lady, Eleanor Cooper, who was his servant at the pub. And she was in the yard apparently washing up pots and pans and this kind of thing. The accident happened and she was just buried under the ruins. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And she, it said that she, when she was dug out a couple of hours later, um, she was found standing by the water butt completely dead. There was another chap who was a bricklayer and he owned some houses in one of the streets where the major streets of the accident and uh, the wife of another bricklayer was the first body that they found. Okay. Um, A lady called Elizabeth Smith and then they started sort of finding people, um, you know, as they go uh, throughout. And essentially the jury says that it's, yeah, it's a verdict uh, died by casualty accidentally and by misfortune. And there's also a court case against the brewery. Um, Now the brewery did survive there um, and uh, it was thanks to the court case in in a way that they survived so the brewery was taken to court and the ruling was that it was an act of god nobody was responsible yeah okay which you know well i guess you know it's it's out of people's hands if you've got something and if it's if it's sort of an ordinary sort of accident which then somehow randomly goes completely mad Mm -hmm. there's nothing you could do about that or that you would know so what happened is the the way that the company survived this is that they managed to reclaim the excise duty. Mm. So the duty that they paid on the beer, they managed to reclaim that. That helped them stay afloat. Um, pardon the bun. They were also granted £7,250 compensation, which in today's money is about £400,000. Wow. But So when they were building these vats, did they not think that this could potentially happen? I mean, they probably wouldn't have thought about it, really. I mean, we're sort of thinking health and safety and risk management and all of that the way you know we're thinking at it from a a, a modern mindset but what one of the things that used to happen is that all of these breweries would pride themselves on having these enormous fermentation vats and it was almost a sort of um a badge of honor the bigger the vat the sort of more important the, the the better you were so realistically no i guess not if they've done something that they've always done 
why would there be any thought that it might go wrong? And you know, it's just one of those things, I guess. Yeah. Um, there are so many things that you can point to in the Victorian era and and prior that you think, how on earth would you think that that would not kill people? Yeah. But that's with hindsight. It's the benefit of us learning from those yeah, mistakes. Yeah. They didn't isn't think it? about it the way that we do now, I guess. No. Um, wow. So obviously the brewery is not there today. Correct. So when did the brewery close? Right. Well, the brewery was there um, until the early 1920s, actually. And oh, it didn't, wow. Yeah. Okay. So for another hundred years. And it didn't actually wow. close down, but it shifted production out to Nine Elms, which is uh, near Battersea. Mm-hmm. It's where the New American Embassy is mm-hmm. today. Um, that brewery is now gone. Uh, and it's where the new Covent Garden Flower Market is today, okay, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, and then the Horseshoe Brewery, which was up at Tottenham Court Road, uh, the site of that is now where the Dominion Theatre is. So the famous wow. one that's often had um, We Will Rock You and things like yes. that in it. It's, it yeah, was that it's, one it's there. right on the corner, isn't it? Yeah. And then the pub that was linked to it, because breweries would always have... Uh, not necessarily now but before you'd have a pub right next to it that would serve those beers that was the Horseshoe Inn after mm-hmm. the brewery and that was open till about the 1990s and it's no longer there it's now as I mentioned earlier Cafe Rouge um, well was um, whether it still is so yeah that, that pub remained but the brewery left um, as, as so many things did you know when uh, things get bigger and there's more traffic and, and everything from you know the flower market the fish market everything moves out of the centre just to have more space to allow deliveries and that kind of thing so that it was in that sort of wave of, of doing that. I just think this story is so mad. Like, I wonder if anybody um, created any sketches at all of this, you know, huge, as I keep saying, 15-foot <laughs> wave of beer. You love that detail, I don't do, you? Because obviously you had, um, a little bit before then, I guess in the 1700s, but uh, William Hogarth creating his drawing of the gin lane, yeah. which shows, um, you know, people drinking and... Uh, being rather debaucherous and yeah. not looking after their own lives or others. So I guess, I mean, it's quite funny how that area has seen so much in the way of yeah. disaster and alcohol. And and it's, I think it's, you know, predominantly down to the huge population that was there. Mm. These vast areas that are linked, you know, that, that are so densely packed, mm. where you've got loads of people and where you've got, bad living conditions that's where stuff is going to happen isn't it really definitely you know and i guess you know if you are going through hard times and suddenly there's all this free beer yes you know to try and have a good old drink have, have, a, have old, a day off have, your a, have a day off have a knees up to try and forget about what what's going on around you and where you live yeah you know i don't really blame that man no so there we go there you go wow interesting story huh yeah definitely well i hope that was a good one to start uh, with i think um yeah, it, it, it's really fascinating. And it's, like I say, it's something that people don't always know about and that there are people campaigning to get even just a plaque for it because there's nothing. You wouldn't mm. know to this day that anything like that had happened there. Mm. So um, that is the story of the London beer flood. But it, we're not finished for today because we mentioned on last week's episode that at the end we're going to pick two uh People, things, objects, whatever from the story to be the kind of headline. Don't have to be good. They could be bad, but whatever it is, it's like a crux point of that uh, of that story. And then we're going to get you, the listeners, to vote on which you think should top the podcast pedestal. Podcast pedestal. <laughs> so this is essentially you, the listener, will pick what you think is the defining element of this story exactly something that made your eyebrows raise you know yeah. something that made your I think jaw I know what you're going drop for. what do you think i don't think you do i think you're gonna go for the 15 foot wall of beer i'm not are actually, you not i'm not <laughs> i'm not although that was the most shocking thing okay i think um do you want me to tell you now yeah let's okay go for it. so um 
the idea that that mother and daughter are sitting having tea, that I, I just want that. The okay. idea that they're about to sip on a nice cup of tea, they're having a lovely moment, mother and daughter, and suddenly everything just goes wrong. And they're just swallowed in their own home and swallowed in the beer. So just the mother and daughter having tea, that moment just before the 15-foot beer flood <laughs> um, okay. charged into their lives. All right. So my choice for this week is going to be George Crick, who is the overseer at the brewery. So the chap who sees it break, who has, you know, for me, he's somebody who has been doing this for years. He's the, the top guy. He's been this job for a long time. He's seen everything. He knows when something's safe and when something isn't. And he's that image of him standing there with, with the letter in his hand and seeing that vat explode. That, for me, I don't know, it's something about him... Everything that he's known, everything that he's trained for, and this happens in front of him. He could not have foreseen it. He can't do anything about it. And his brother is down there in the actual, you know, in the thick of it. Yeah, no, I like your choice, Alex. I think it's a really good (laughs) choice. I mean, there's a lovely image there of him holding the paper, him being the first person to actually see this. But that mother and daughter yeah. having tea all right well i'm, I'm gonna stick with george crick you're not gonna okay. you're not gonna get me on okay. side come so. on guys mother and daughter having tea it's gotta be <laughs> george crick come on <laughs> all of his knowledge and everything so we're, it's now over to you uh to let us know who you think should top the podcast pedestal we will put a poll on the stories on instagram uh, on both our private pages and uh, our podcast page you can also email us and let's see if emily can get the, the email right this week <laughs> it's ladies who london at gmail.com that was the fifth try <laughs> don't let her pull the wool over I your don't eyes know what's wrong with me. <laughs> thank you so so much for joining us and before we go thank we you. have to find out what we're going to be doing for next we do week next week right oh so gosh. let's get the wheel let's get the wheel um, and we are going to oh my goodness it's so heavy <laughs> uh we are going to have a little go and see um what this what, what would you like to come up um, um so wherever we are i don't mind to be honest i'd quite like to go west perhaps would you yeah i quite like the river thames i'm looking forward to a river thames week okay all right um, well, okay we'll see. okay hold up for a quick second before we go any further what we wanted to do is let you know a little bit about what we're getting up to uh because we have a variety of virtual tours and in-person tours going on at the minute uh, so emily you've got some virtual tours coming up haven't you I do, yes. So I've got my first virtual tour, which will be on the 16th of October, and this will be the changing of the guard. Ooh. I know. Uh, after that, I've got on the 19th of October, uh, Discover Rotherhive, so discover the southeast of London. Great area. And then a week after, also on a Monday, I've got a pub crawl. This Hooray. is going to be yeah. virtual pub crawl. Virtual pub crawl, so pub crawl uh, along the Thames path. And then I've got a street art tour on the 2nd of November. And the change of the guard is at 5 o'clock and the other tours are at 7 o'clock in the evening, that is. And if you wanted to book, if you wanted to have a little look, get some more information, then just have a little look at guideemily.com and you'll find all the information that you need there. And I've got a series of virtual tours uh, coming up, which actually started yesterday, but you can still watch back the one that I did yesterday there are four in total and if you book them all together you get a 25% discount which is impressive Um, and you can watch them back in a private Facebook group as well so yesterday's uh, virtual walk was on the women of Westminster so looking at women who changed uh, British political history 
Uh, then next week, my virtual harlots, boards and stewbirds tour, which is a really exciting Ooh, look. I know, I'm really, really excited good. about that. Uh, a look at the 18th century brothel trade in Soho and the Covent Garden, uh, Harris's list of Covent Garden ladies. The following week, we have Black London, a look at some of London's people of colour who have uh, influenced history over the years. And then the following week, a virtual street art walk as well. Um, I also have a, a wizarding walk, essentially the locations Ooh. of Harry Potter. Ones at the ready. Absolutely. On the, the 10th of October. That's not included in the in the package though. But go and have a look at my website, alexlacy.com, if you want to check out uh, what's going on. And I have some in-person tours this weekend. Women of Westminster on Saturday morning, the 26th of September. The Harlots, Boards and Stewbirds in person in the afternoon. There's only a couple of places left on that. So if you want that, then jump in quick. Um, on Sunday morning, it's a street art tour, which is going to be great because there's some lovely stuff that's gone up lately. And in the afternoon, it's a... So if you fancy a bit of... Do you want to give it a, a good old... Good old... Oh. Oh, I could be... Oh, oh no. Oh, 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 do you know what? Oh, I'm well, happy with that. I'm, yeah. I'm quite happy with that. Okay, good. Um, so it's landed on Wapping. Which is one of my favourite. Actually, do you know, it's quite close to the river, so I I, I feel like I sort of won there. Yes, true, yeah. true, true, true. So, well, there's a lot in Wapping. Oh my goodness, there's so much great stuff in Wapping. Um, we've got all of the naval trade. We've got, pi- I mean, I love You've the pirate pirates, stories. Pirates, execution dock. Yeah. You've got the London docks. Um, the uh, Maritime Police Force as well. Yeah, all the pubs. Oh, the pubs. And you've the got pubs the Turner pub as well. Because this is our hood, of course. We yeah, live yeah, just yeah. over the we river from Wapping. Um, but there's also quite a few blue plaques. Oh, I know, I know actually. Oh, I do? Know. Are you going to go pubs? No, I'm going to choose not? a blue plaque. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, so I would like to talk about Captain William Bly. <gasps> Mutiny on the Bounty, yeah, William Bly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm down so with that. I want to talk a little bit yeah. about him. Um, yeah, about the bounty, about why he's such an important person to have a blue plaque in London. Interesting. It's funny because I don't know that much about him. Oh, okay. Excellent. Fav. Nice. I think that's going to be really fun. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Nice. Well, listen, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Really guys. appreciate it. Um, now, I guess now that we're podcasters, we have to do that whole, please like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't <laughs> we, we're gonna, put that on. It's going on. Don't put that on. <laughs> we're going to pay somebody professional to do that. Oh, my God. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank we you. will see you next week for Captain William Bly yes. on our Whopping Week. Excited. Have a wonderful week. Let us know what you think about Podcast Pedestal. And we will see you next week for more Ladies Who London podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.